Well, bless the Lord. Good evening, saints. So glad you joined us here this evening to study the Word of God one more time. May the Lord bless you real good. It's a good thing to be together and to share in the living Word of God. Let's get into the lesson tonight. I want to pray with you and then let's uh, talk a little bit and see where God will lead us. Father, we honor you for what you're doing. Thank you for every home represented. Thank you for those who are traveling, who have us on their mobile device. Thank you for those who are listening even now, who will listen by iPod and will listen to this playback of what was said in here. We ask God that you minister unto their spirit, open them up to your divine truth, and let the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart, be accepted in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. I want to continue what we had started last week in Genesis 41. These are long chapters and they require me to break up a little bit so I can make them clear and uh, work with them. But we've been dealing with this subject matter, living faith in stressful times. And we have noted the stress that Joseph has been under, having been placed in uh, a pit by his brothers and then sold into slavery and then put in Potiphar's house, from Potiphar's house into a prison. And now he is in front of the king, in front of Pharaoh, and he is uh, offering to Pharaoh sage advice. And it's amazing how God has blessed him because God keeps him no matter where he goes. And what you can see is that even when he was in uh, Potiphar's house, Potiphar gave him charge of everything. When he got into prison, he became in charge of everything. And now that he's at the palace, it appears again that he's going to be in charge of things. And I want to start off by just simply saying this. It is true, Proverbs 18, 16 is true. Your gift will make room for you. Your gift will make room for you. And you need to recognize that your gift will make room for you. There's nothing more powerful than the realization that the gift that God has given you is oftentimes pushing back the barriers and making room for you, making space for you. And you've got a knowledge that God has given you a gift and understand that God wants to use you in your gift and certainly, all of us don't have the same level of gift. I was just watching today as a wonderful basketball player, J.J. Reddick, who was a sniper of a shooter. He, could, uh, he was a, just a great jump shot person. The average life of an NBA player is three years. J.J. Reddick was never a superstar. He wasn't the LeBron James of the, of the league or any of those things. He wasn't Kevin Durant or Steph Curry. He was a great shooter and a great teammate and never a star, but instead of lasting three years, he ended up lasting 15 years and he retired today. His gift kept making room for him. It was not just his shooting ability, it was the fact that he was a great teammate. It was the fact that he understood what the coaches wanted and was able to perform at a high level and his gift kept making room for him and giving him a job when others were on the street. It's important you realize that you don't have to have the gift of someone else. You don't have to be able to sing like someone else or pray like someone else or you have to have the articulation of someone else. What you have to do 
is to use the gift God has given you to the best of your ability and allow it to make pathways and room for you in places that you wouldn't normally be allowed to go. Proverbs 18, 16 in the old King James Version says a man's gift, and I had woman, will make it room for him or her and bringeth him or her before great men. Now, it's important that you see that because it is his gift that is the interpretation of dreams that makes room for him and it brings him in front of great men. Let me, let me give you this real quick because you need to hold on to this in your spirit. The gift makes room for you. What you do after you get there in the place and position is up to you. Doesn't mean God hasn't blessed you. Doesn't mean promises of God not in your life. Doesn't mean gift of God not with you. All the blessings are there. No. Once your gift has made room for you, there are things that you are, the onus is upon you to use what God has given you and to use the opportunities before you to the best of your ability to make something out of the room that has been made for you. It's too often that we put everything on God and nothing on ourselves. Everything's on God. God, you got to do it. Lord, do it. Lord, fix it. Lord, work it out. Lord, do it. And all, God will. The problem with that mindset is that sometimes we fail to understand that God puts us in places and then he requires us to use our sense and ability entrusted to the divine presence of God to make room and to do great things with opportunities that we are given. So one of the things I've, got, I've come to understand, if you're going to live with faith in these stressful times, is you've got to realize that you've got to manage yourself in this season. Back up, preach a little while, Watson, I'm, I'm trying to. Managing you is the most important thing you can do. You can't manage your circumstances, but you can manage you. You can manage yourself. And so learning to manage yourself is a key to living. And what I, what I come to find out, which is interesting to me, is the fact that three things Joseph had to do in order to thrive, in order to thrive, not to simply survive, but to thrive. Now, if you just want to survive, you can survive. But if you want to thrive, you've got to do some things. And I'm going to give you these three things before I enter into a conversation with you tonight about divine favor. Listen, three things Joseph had to do. He had to accept the emperor's gifts. Not one, multiple gifts. He had to adapt to the environment gracefully. Go stay right there on the first one. Accept the emperor's gifts means that he had to, when the emperor said, these are the things I'm giving you, he had to go ahead and receive them the way they were being given. The emperor says, this is what I'm giving you. These are the things. And I'm going to come back to these in just a moment. He had to then adapt to the environment gracefully. He was in Egypt. He was not in Canaan. He was not in the land of his father. He was in the land of Egypt, and he had to adapt to that land. It, for him, it was going to mean that he was going to shave. 
It was going to mean he was going to change his clothes. It was going to mean that he was going to act a little differently. He was going to speak the language of the people there. He was going to manage the people in that place. He was going to adapt to the environment gracefully. You have to recognize that you, there is some adaptation that you must take on. Now, I'm not talking about taking on the spirit of other people or the wickedness of other people or the habits of other people, but I am telling you that it is a shame for you to be in a place and not seek to understand that place and how you're to manage yourself in the place. You, you can say, I'm going to stand out. I don't want to be like nobody else. I'm not going to be, I'm just going to be here for a minute. I'm not going to be a part of this environment. And you can be standoffish and not make friends and not try to be with other people. But you need to understand that you need to have some adaptability within an environment gracefully. While you can still hold your value system, you need to understand how to adapt. Some of us think that adapting is, cop is copping out that we're being co-opted into something we're not. That's not necessarily the case. It only becomes that when you give up your values for the values of someone else. When you replace your belief system for the beliefs of someone else. When you accept and do their actions that are against your beliefs. You can easily adapt to any environment. You can easily be okay. Just because someone else does something doesn't mean you have to do it. And then he had to take advantage of his employment graciously. Advantage of his employment graciously. Now, he was given a role to play and an honor, but you have to realize I don't know about you, but I'm just going to go on human nature. It's not in the text, but I know people. We have a foreigner who was in prison. He came out of prison and he interpreted some dreams and now all of a sudden, you're gonna put him over us. You're gonna make him the head. You're gonna raise him up. You can't tell me that every magician, every soothsayer, every dream interpreter, every aristocrat, every political person, everyone who thought they were somebody was not sitting around with steam coming out their ears. Why do we have to listen to this man? Knowing that once the Pharaoh had spoken it, his words were, were sacrosanct, they were inviolable, you could not go back on them, so what you have to do now, he has to realize not everybody loves him, so he has to be gracious in how he handles his position, in how he handles his authority, in how he handles his placement. And nowhere in any text you will ever read concerning his season in Egypt will you ever read where he mistreated anyone, where he talked down to anyone, where he was derogatory or rough or mean-spirited. No, he led, but he led graciously. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Uh, you need to hold on to that because it's going to bless you. You remember this. Everywhere Joseph went, the promises of God came to pass. Everywhere Joseph went, the promises of God came to pass. 
Oh, this is, this is key. This is powerful. This is important. Do you get this in your spirit? When he arrived, the gift and grace of God came with him. Favor came with him. Blessings came with him. I want to suggest that long before Deuteronomy 28 is written, that Joseph prefigured and embodied the Deuteronomy 28 blessing. Joseph prefigured and embodied the Deuteronomy 28 blessing. Those of you who have your Bibles, you ought to get them out. Look at verse 13 of Deuteronomy 28. This is going to bless your socks off. Here's what Deuteronomy 28 says. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe to do them. He said, God's going to make you the head and not the tail. Well, Joseph walks in, all of a sudden, he's the head and not the tail. The only one with more power over him was Pharaoh himself. That's by the word of Pharaoh. The only one with more power over him was Pharaoh himself. He was the head and not the tail. People kept trying to make him the tail. People kept trying to mess his life up. They kept trying to get rid of him. But God was with him and God helped to make him the head. Let me say this to you. He was the head and not the tail and given abundant favor. He was given abundant favor. Oh, I feel this thing tonight. He wasn't just given some favor. He was given abundant favor. See, when God makes you the head, God gives you favor. God knows how to bless you. God knows how to honor your life. God knows how to move you in places that you, that you would not normally be at. God will open doors for you. He'll make ways for you. And when you have favor on your life, you have to realize that favor comes with purpose. And if God giving you favor, there's a reason for it. So now don't just look out for yourself. Try to find out who or what I'm supposed to be doing in this season of favor. How am I supposed to bless someone else? Because the Abrahamic blessing is you are blessed to be a blessing. So I want to suggest that you are favored to give favor. You're favored to offer favor to others. You're favored to, so that your favor upon your life will enhance and increase the lives of those around you. Let's take it from the top of Joseph's understanding of favor. And this will tie into the point I made in the very beginning about managing yourself and taking control and moving in on using your favor. Using the place that God puts you in door opens up for you, you have to make use of it. Now notice what I'm going to say in just a moment here is that recognize that we have nothing that says, and God said to Joseph. There's nowhere that says, and the angel of the Lord whispered in the ear of Joseph. 
There's no way they said, and Joseph dreamed and got this thing in his spirit. That's not there. Which suggests that once God has blessed us, he has given us our senses, he has given us his presence, he's given us his promises. Once God has blessed us, at some point, we have to utilize the gifts God has given us or we waste them. If we don't utilize it, we waste it. And some of us are busy waiting on God to put things in place that we are to put in place ourselves. We're waiting on God to speak up for us when we should be speaking ourselves. We're waiting on God to set this thing in order when we need to set it in order ourselves. I'm preaching to you, but I preach to myself also, like Paul, Paul would say, lest I be a castaway. Seven things related to Joseph's favor. Seven things. This is how he lived. This is how he was able to survive in a very stressful time. Remember when Joseph speaks, beginning in verse 33, he is still a prisoner interpreting a dream. In verse 33, Joseph offers wisdom. And I want to tell you this, number one thing related to Joseph's favor is that favor gives vision. Favor gives vision. It's important you see this. And, and can I, can I, I, I want to pop somebody's bubble right now. I want you to stop talking about, I didn't know that, I didn't see that, I didn't expect that. Because most of the time we say that, we, we fool our own selves. Because the Bible says, he'll let nothing come upon us unaware. Many times we knew we should have done it. We had a vision that we should do it. We, we recognize that this should have happened here. We recognize this book should have been written. We recognize this, we should have purchased this property. We should have gone to this land. We should have took this job over here. We knew we shouldn't have been with that individual. We knew that when we saw that person come in our direction, we knew when we saw him, we knew, we, oh my God, I need to get away from that person. They ain't no good for me, but ooh, they sure do look good. I want to be with them. We knew before we ever dropped it, Highgate was hot that it was too hot for us we knew it don't tell me you didn't know it big mama told you when you first she first saw that joker you were with she looked at him she said you know he ain't no good you knew right away brother you knew right away you knew that you knew that you couldn't handle that sister you knew that was more than you hey we know more often than not we look back on our lives with regret and the regret is not just what we didn't do it is the regret that we knew and didn't do we knew and didn't do because see we knew that person was no good but we thought we could fix them up we knew that person was a liar but we kept saying well it never lied to me we knew that that situation wasn't good for us to be in, but we said, well, I think if I just tweak it like this, it's just like you talking about, I know I can't fit this dress, but if I just put on another layer of spandex, I can, listen, let me tell you something. 
one more girdle, uh, y'all don't wear them no more, one more layer of spandex ain't gonna make you put New York in Connecticut. It don't work. We knew ahead of time. And then we're mad when somebody said they saw a roll. They couldn't help but see a roll. It was already there. And you knew it ahead of time. Let me talk. I'm talking. Listen. Stop putting on God what's in you. Because God has been speaking to you your entire life. And I'm not talking to any particular person. I'm not talking to preachers now. I'm not talking to prophetess, apostles. I'm not talking to bishops or pastors. I'm talking to every soul I'm talking to that will hear me now. God has been speaking to you your entire life. And the thing that you have got to stop doing is second guessing the truth of heaven. Now watch what Joseph does. Verse 33 sets a a blaze. He says, so now this is Joseph talking to Pharaoh. Without divine direction, he just, he's interpreted the dream. Now he's going to give the vision. So now let Pharaoh prepare ahead of me, ahead, and look for a man discerning and clear-headed and wise and set him in charge over the land of Egypt as governor under Pharaoh. Let Pharaoh take action to appoint overseers and officials over the land and set aside one-fifth of the produce of the entire land of Egypt in the seven years of abundance. Let them gather as a tax of all of the fifth of, of the, the food of, the, of these good years that are coming and store up grain under the direction and authority of Pharaoh. And let them guard the food and fortify granaries in the cities. That food shall be put in storage as a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine and hunger which occur in the land of Egypt so that the land, that is the people, will not be ravaged during the famine. Now the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all of his servants. Let me, let me give it to you real quick. Genesis, this Genesis 41, 33 to 37. Verse 37 says, the plan. It does not say that he got it from God. He got it from what? The wisdom that he had accumulated while living. The wisdom that he had accumulated while being in his father's house. The wisdom he had accumulated while taking care of sheep. The wisdom he had accumulated while working inside of Potiphar's house. The wisdom he had accumulated even while being in prison. He took the mind that God had allowed him to have and develop and put that mind and his sense to work. So let me say it again. Favor gives vision. And I promise you God is trying to impart vision and wisdom to somebody right now. God is trying to impart it to your spirit right now. God is trying to get you to a place tonight that you can get to the place where you understand. Now, the second point is, favor is visible. Favor is visible. Let let me, let me say it again. Favor is visible. Meaning that people will see favor on your life. See, favor is visible to friend and foe alike. Both your friends and your enemies will see 
the favor of God upon your life. It's visible to friend and foe alike. Remember now, the Egyptians have no have no doubt that they have not they are not they do not care for Semitic people. They do not would not normally have cared for this Hebrew standing in front of them, but they can see the favor of God upon him. They recognize it as the favor of God. Now look at verse 38 and verse 39. I'm still in Genesis 41. He says, so Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this, a man equal to Joseph, in whom the divine spirit of God, he recognized what? God upon him. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since your God, the divine spirit of God is upon him, since your God has shown you all this, there's no one as discerning and clear-headed and wise as you are. I see what is on your life and I recognize it. Do you know there are people right now that you don't know are watching you? They're watching you because they see God's presence on your life. And as a matter of fact, there are people that are watching you right now that see God's presence on your life that dislike you because they see God's presence on your life. They see favor on your life. For some reason, things seem to work out for you. For some reason, even when you go through stuff, it's not like what they go through. For some reason, doors open up for you. Way is always made. When everybody else is looking down, you seem to be looking up. When everybody else is sad, you seem to be smiling. Something's going on. Let me tell you again. You need to know that when favor is on your life, God has done something for you. God has done it in your life. God has done something in your life. Let, let me say, let me, let me offer this to you again. You recognize in yourself that there is a visible manifestation of the divine presence of God exuding from you. When you recognize that, you will also recognize the law of attraction. Why you are attracting people to you, both those you want and those you don't want. It is the spirit of the living God. Now, 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 now get, get this here. Because favor is so important, favor is venerable. Number three, favor is venerable. Now, now the word venerable means it, it is respected. It's respected. You know, even people that don't like certain people respect what they do. I, I, don't, I don't care if, if, if you look around right now, no matter what, what people say about Elon Musk and, and his Tesla and his SpaceX, whatever else he's doing, they still have to respect what he's been able to accomplish. They have to respect the favor on his life. Here's a man that will tell you that he has struggled with just reading. With a form of dyslexia, I believe is what he says. And yet, the favor on his life has to be respected. You have to respect it. I don't care if you don't like Facebook or Mark Zuckerberg, you gotta respect him 
for what he was able to accomplish. I don't care what you think about Bill Gates. You have to respect him. I don't care how many people dislike LeBron James. They still have to respect his game. You need to recognize that favor has to be respected, but it's not just by people outside respecting what you have, but you respecting what God has done in you. You respecting that God's favor is there. I, I, don't, I don't take anything God has ever done for me for granted. I, I, I look at every blessing God's given me and I, 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 just get, I, get, I can get teary-eyed just talking about it. I mean everything from the wife to the children. I get excited. I get teary-eyed. I, get, I, I was explaining to my wife about how much I value her wisdom. Why? Because I see the favor on her life and to me it's venerable and I want her to know I respect it and I need her to respect not only that I respect it but she needs to respect that she has it because it's an anointing. You have to recognize that favor is venerable. It must be respected and it must be respected by both the person who has it and those around them. That's how you get to make use of it. You don't get to use favor you don't respect. Watch this. Pharaoh understands that better than you do. Pharaoh understands better than most. Watch verse 40. He says, you shall have charge over my house and all my people shall be governed according to your word and pay respect. They're going to pay respect to you. I'm telling you now, they're going to pay respect to you. I'll put runners next to your carriage and tell them to herald your name and herald the fact that you're coming because they're going to pay respect to you, to you with reverence, submission, and obedience. Only in matters of the throne will I be greater than you in Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I've set you in charge over the land of Egypt. Now let me, let me, let me say a word to you about this. It is the Pharaoh's role. The Pharaoh has a particular position, and that is that in Egyptian culture, the Pharaoh by some were, were revered in godlike status. So when the Pharaoh was supposed to do one thing in his chief role, his chief role was supposed to be to be a mediator between the gods and his society. His chief role was to maintain the order of the land. Now, <clears throat> one writer suggests that the pharaohs recognized their human limitations and therefore they delegated officials to stand in their stead in what is referred to as pharaonic authority. So that in that authority they would stand as a figure of the Pharaoh and they would have what he says would be dominion over the land in order to perform that which is called for. So what Pharaoh was saying is, I am respecting the gift in you and the God in you, the divinity that I think I am, which he would know he's not, sees the divinity that is in you, your God. And I respect whatever it is you have. I don't have it, I respect it. And I want others to respect it as well. And I'm giving you the authority, the pharaonic authority, my authority to move through the land. Let me tell you something. When people recognize who you are, 
they will stop and begin to treat you the way you're supposed to be treated. Some of us are not being treated the way we're supposed to be treated because we won't walk in the respect ourselves. Therefore, people don't feel like they have to respect us. Since we don't live it, we don't walk it, we don't act it, we don't, we don't carry ourselves with the comportment that qualifies or that makes people think it ought to be. See, when Pharaoh says, I want you to be respected, Pharaoh says, I'm going to make sure you're respected in every facet of the game. I'm giving you the authority, but I'm also going to make you dress in a manner that is appropriate to the respect I want you to have. So you're going to look like you're somebody so that when they see you, they'll see the somebodiness in you. Let me say this to you. You have to recognize that if you wear certain uniforms, you're going to be treated like the uniform you're wearing. I tell young ladies this all the time. I know people are wearing all kinds of clothing. Just because everybody wants to take off all their clothes. And, and, and trust me, some people have the physical structure that can get away with it. Others need clothes. But both those that need clothes and those that don't have to realize people going to judge you by what you look like. They're going to judge you by your, they're going to judge you by your appearance. That's just it. So if you carry yourself, you just loud, you rude, you mean, you you wear you you wearing stuff with 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 everything that, that mama gave you out. You we, we you you can't expect anybody to treat you different than your uniform. That that's just the way it is. So you got to make sure you line yourself up with where you want to be. Okay, I, I don't went too far. I'm, 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 I'm hurting somebody right now. Listen, number four, favor has vantages. Vantages. Favor has vantages. Now this is big right here because the favor on, on Joe's life came with some perks. And the first thing that Pharaoh wants to do is he needs to make Joseph look like an Egyptian aristocrat, an Egyptian authority. He can't have Joseph walking around looking like he's still wearing his prison garb. I can't have you walking around looking with your pants down your butt, showing your underwear. I can't have that and have people respect you. You can't look like you just got out of jail last week and think people go, come on, hip watch. Listen, I need you to look a certain way. So what he does is he Egyptianizes him. And the Egyptianizing of Joseph came with bling. The Egyptianizing, I, I know that might not be a regular word, but, but one, of my, one of my friends used that word. The, the Egyptianizing of Joseph came with bling. Let, let, let me say something. You need, you, need to, you need to know there's a certain look that God is looking for. <sighs> Preach wise. Listen, listen, get this, y'all. He went from prison chains to gold chains. He went from prison chains to gold chains. Bling, bling. 
Okay, come on, come on. I gotta hurry. I, I got I got a couple more and I'm I'm still I'm still too far now. Look, verse 42. Then Pharaoh took off his signet ring, took off his ring, put it on Joseph's hand, and dressed him in official vestments of fine linen. He got that good Egyptian cotton. He got that good Egyptian linen linen and put a gold chain on his neck. And he had him ride in his second chariot. And runners proclaimed before him, attention, bow the knee. And he set him over all the land of Egypt. Moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, though I am Pharaoh, yet without your permission shall no man raise his hand to do anything or set his foot to go anywhere in the land of Egypt. All classes of people shall submit unto your authority. Let me tell you something. Look, look, look. Favor has vantages. When God gives you favor, you got to know he's going to let that thing be known. He's going to let the vantage of God's favor upon your life is going to be seen. He put him, he dressed him up. He had to hook up. Holler if you hear me. He had to hook up. He put him in good clothes. He put him in the same fine linen of the best robes of the priests, of the best robes of royal court. He wanted him to look good. He wanted him to look like something. You, you got to understand that it, it was important for him to get what God was doing in his life, but in order to get what God was doing, he had to adapt, going back to the beginning of the lecture, he had to adapt to the environment he was in. And a part of adapting was he needed to Egyptianize himself, 40,000, 4,000 count. <laughs> He had to adapt to the Egyptian way. But, but Pharaoh wasn't done yet. Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, no, I'm going to hook you up even more than that. Pharaoh says, number five, the favor is voluminous, voluminous, voluminous. That's a depiction of the wife that Pharaoh gives to Joseph. Favor was voluminous. Asenath, the wife of Zephaniah Penai. Yeah. Pharaoh named Joseph. He changed his name. Zephaniah Penai. And he gave him Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On. From the Halaphus in Egypt as his wife. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt to inspect the land to govern it. He done got the first thing, he gave him a wife. Now I don't know. I don't know. We know that he had turned down being with this with, with Potiphar's wife. We know that he'd been in prison for three years. And we know he's nearly a grown man. So he has not had any, to our knowledge, a company. And now first thing Pharaoh says is, I'm gonna hook you up, I'm gonna give you a wife, I'm gonna give you, I want you, I want you to be happy at home, I want you to have a happy life. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna Beyonce you and put a ring on it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hook you up. I'm going to make sure you got a ring and she got a ring. Everybody got a ring, 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 ring. And so when I get through there, 
He says, and I know you're going to be happy and y'all going y'all gonna to make fire. Y'all going to do some things and everything going to be everything. And, and then, then the Bible says during the seven years that Joe is working, Joe is also able to go home and be comforted from all of his work. So that the Bible says here, verse 50 says, now two sons, I'm in verse 50 now, the verse, two sons were born to Joseph before the years of famine came, whom Azanah, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph named the first one Manasseh. It says, causing to forget. For he said, God has made me forget all my trouble and hardship and all the sorrow of the loss of my father's household. Verse, two, verse 52, he named the second son Ephraim, fruitfulness, for God has caused me to be fruitful and very successful in the land of my suffering. Ah, man. Woo! He got a Nubian queen and two beautiful boys out the deal. Now, Two quick things. I don't have time to really, really spin this yarn the way I want to, but let me just throw a couple of things on you. Hebrews, Jewish people had a problem with this idea of him marrying an Egyptian because, as you know later on, we're going to get to this in a few months, in a few weeks, not a few months, a few weeks, we'll get to this, but you know that he has two sons, and his two sons become a part of the 12 tribes of Israel. They become a part of the mainstay of, 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 the, of the life of, the, of the all Jews. So they try to figure out where this wife came from. So one story is that this girl, and I'm just throwing it out, and I, I don't, I'm not saying I'm, I believe it, I'm just gonna give it to you real quick, that the girl that he marries is actually the adopted daughter from a priest whose wife was unable to conceive. She found the baby on her, on, on her ledge, and she adopted the child as her own. It was a Semitic baby, and so they treated the baby as her own, and that Pharaoh knew of this child and automatically figured that this would be a wonderful Semitic connection. Another story related to that, which is part of the same story, is that the child that they found was actually the child of Dinah and Shechem. You remember that story? So that the, the product of that rape or premarital sex was actually given up for adoption and left in Egypt so that Joseph would have married his niece from uh, his brother you, you get it I'm intentionally trying to be funny. I don't know where she comes from but I do know this much Joseph receives her into his life as a part of adapting to this new culture and new family and he receives her as she is an aristocratic woman, meaning from an upper class family. And he accepts her because it is a part of him accepting the inculcation into his Egyptianizing. He knows what he must do. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm throwing a lot on you, but you, you can hang on. Y'all been with me a while. The, 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 the sixth thing, and there are, two, there are two left, six and seven. Number six is that favor must be vouchsafed. Favor must be vouchsafed. Number seven. 
Now, get this. Get this. This is going to bless your socks. Vouchsafe relates to something granted to you, conferred, put upon you. It is an honor. It was given to them. And it must be vouchsafed or conferred from you and, and used with you. And it must be honored by you. When Joseph got the, the, the blessing upon his life, he knew that he needed to do what he said he was going to do. So from verse 46 down to verse 49, Joseph commences to doing the work of the plan he had laid out. So in verse 46, and catch these dates because it's going to bless you in, in a minute. Joseph had been in Egypt for 13 years. Now Joseph had been in Egypt for 13 years and was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh. So now 13 years he's been through Potiphar's house and prison and now at 30 years old he's before Pharaoh. Why is that important to you? Why is that important to me? Because it goes back to what I said about him not having female companionship. He's 30 years old. He's a grown man. He was ready for a wife. Don't begrudge him his wife. He, 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 at 30 now, he's now in this position now. And, and notice what he says when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Joseph departed from the presence of Pharaoh and went through the land of Egypt performing his duty. In, the, in verse 47, in the seven abundant years, the earth produced handfuls for each seed planted. That's, a, that's a, 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 a euphemism for saying it produced an abundance out of every seed. So it produced more than the seed should have produced, it produced. And Joseph gathered all the surplus food of the seven good years of the land of Egypt and stored them in enormous quantities of the food in the cities. He stored away in every city the food collected from its own surrounding fields. Thus Joseph gathered and stored up grain with great abundance like the sand of the sea until he stopped counting it for it could not be measured. Isn't it interesting that the Abrahamic blessing was that his descendants would be so numerous that it would almost be uncountable. He now has a blessing conferred upon him that is so numerous that he stops counting. He stops counting. He has taken the task and he has honored the task by doing what he said. Let me say this to you, saints. It's no good for you to be blessed and then not do what you said you were going to do. It's no good for you to have favor and not do what God, let me tell you something. If God has blessed you and told you to do something and you don't do it, it's sin. He has, he has, he's been granted favor and now he does what the favor was supposed to be done. I want, I want to share something with you. If you notice for, for a moment, old Joe was 30 when he stood before Pharaoh. If we shot over the verse to chapter 50, and I believe it's verse 26 in chapter 50, we find out that Joseph dies, and when he dies, he's 110 years old. Wait a minute. He's 30 when he stands before Pharaoh. He's 110 when he goes to meet God, which would mean that he actually had 80 years, eight zero, 80 years of leadership in Egypt. 
I want to say that to you before I move on because I need to get this. 13 years of H-E double hockey sticks. 13 years of going through misery. 13 years of going through pain. 13 years of having been mistreated by his brothers, mistreated by the folk at Potiphar's house, by that woman chasing after him. 13 years he had been in prison, messing around. 13 years it took him to get before Potiphar. And that's it, let me give it to you again. 80 years, God let him, you don't get that, let me say it to you. What you are going through now may take years before you are delivered, but it does not mean that when you get delivered, it won't be worth it. Because God will allow you to enjoy the deliverance and the blessing more so than what you've been through. God will make a way where you'll get to the place he wants you to be at and he'll bless you. I gotta close, I got one more and I'm gonna leave you. I'm gonna leave you, you gotta, you gotta, gotta get this, that's it. It's just what I said, do, do the work, follow the plan. Yeah, you know, you listen, plan the work, pl work the plan. Plan the work, work the plan. Plan the work, work the plan. If you're not gonna do that, you're gonna mess up. Listen, number seven, last one, and I'm done for the day. Hope I'm blessing somebody right here. Favor is valuable, is valuable. Favor is valuable. It's valuable. Get this, get this. Verse 53 says, after the seven years of plenty, famine hit. And when the famine hit, it hit everywhere. And, and Joseph, verse 56 says, that Joseph, when Joseph was, had spread, when the famine was spread over the land, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold surplus grain to the Egyptians. And the famine grew extremely severe in the land of Egypt. So as no crops were being able to grow, Joseph was able to bless everybody around him. But watch this. The famine wasn't just in Egypt. The famine was everywhere. Verse 57 says, and the people of all countries came to Egypt to Joseph to buy grain because the famine was severe all over the known earth. I want to get this again. Number seven is favor is valuable. Recognize the famine covered the known earth, but the favor rested on Joseph in Egypt. Come on back, got to say it one more time. The famine covered the whole earth, but the favor rested on Joseph in Egypt. And since the favor was on him in Egypt, that favor blessed everybody from the surrounding areas because a favor is extended beyond borders because when you have favor, you're able to bless others who are not necessarily connected directly with you because the favor God gives you is not just for you. You are blessed to be a blessing and you can extend your favor to everyone you meet because that's what it means to live your faith in stressful times even with the favor of God. My brothers and sisters, this is the word of God for the people of God. 
Thanks be to God. I, I love y'all. I, if I had more time, I'd go longer. Well, I, I want you to understand. I want you to know that if I had more, I could go. Number one, since Pat was favor gives vision. Favor gives vision. Just recognize. I'll run back through them real quick. Favor gives vision is number one. Favor is visible is number two. Favor is venerable is number three. Favor has vantages is number four. Favor is voluminous is number five. Favor must be vouchsafe is number six, and favor is valuable. That's number seven. God bless you, saints. So glad you tuned in tonight. Keep praying for each other. Pray for those families in our church who have lost loved ones, of course. I've been asking for that. Uh, Mother Nadine Brown went home to be with the Lord, and I, ask, I continue to ask you to pray for the Martin family and the Brown family. Um, you know how close Elder Martin was with Mother Brown. And uh, please God, pray for those brown boys. Uh, they, at the, at the graveside, they played that boys to men. Mama, you know I love you. And so I ask that you continue to keep that family in your prayers. Again, each one of you all recognize the love of God in your lives. Pray for each other. I'm still praying for each of you. I'm praying for our sick. I'm still praying for, for Deaconess Daniels and Brother Lucas and for the Wiggins and the Wilson. I keep the senior deacons in our prayers. Uh, I, I'm, I'm praying special prayer. I, uh, Sister Fonderoy, I, for some reason I prayed for you at 3 o'clock in the morning this morning. So I'm praying special for you today. I just want you to know I'm praying for you. You know, God has been waking me up in the middle of the night the last couple of weeks. And I've been praying by name. For many of you, I don't say it to you, don't say it often, but I've just been getting up and by name, I have been calling your names out before the Lord. I want you to know God loves you and that you're being interceded for even when you don't know it. Even when you don't know it, God is doing something for you. Somebody's praying for you and I want you to know I'm one of them. Not the only one, but I'm one of them. I'm praying for you. Well, I love each one of you. Let me do this. I'm going to make sure you get the cash app for Reverend Jackie. Or if you want to, tonight, tonight only, you can do benevolent gift and say, I want to bless Reverend Jackie Williams. I want to bless him. So this is our benevolent night. We bless somebody. Reverend Jackie was with us, as I told y'all. He, he surrendered pastoring the church that he was pastoring. He has, uh, he's on long haul COVID. And uh, I just, he's trying to make a move to go to Texas. He didn't ask me anything. And I saw Sunday online after I finished, people were saying, what's his cash app? I don't have it. Gloria, if you got it from him, put it in the chat box right now. Whoever got it, get it up there in the chat box. You can do that. Give a gift tonight benevolent gift whatever you like to give we will make sure we bless our dear brother amen we're gonna bless him we're gonna do something all right so give lify mail cash app whatever you want to do this is benevolent gift i'm just telling you whatever we want to give give benevolently and you don't have to give just to him you can just give to the benevolent fund so it's benevolent fund and i just threw my dear brother in there as well so just whatever you want to do just do it amen as you can tell here lately, I've not been begging. All I do is give you an opportunity to do what God told you to do. Hey, y'all. I love y'all with the love of the Lord. 
God bless you, Minister Bertie Bert. Amen. I love each one of you. May God's peace be upon you. May you continue to serve God to the best of your ability. And may you walk by faith and not by sight. And may favor be demonstrated, manifested in your life every day. You know what I always say. I got a one-word benediction. And you know what it is. Shalom.